Hi there, I'm Dan, and welcome, or welcome back, maybe, to the Shaw Vineyard Church Podcast. Hey, at the end of this episode, please take just a moment to subscribe in iTunes or in your podcast app of choice. That way, you can get every message from our church straight away on whatever device best suits you. You know, it's our hope that the message that you're about to hear in this episode would encourage you to take your best next step in your faith journey. So let's get straight into it. Save the best for last, eh? <laughs> Thank you. Um, last time I spoke was January the 19th, so right at the beginning of the year, and now I'm right at the end, so I feel privileged to bookend uh, Shore Vineyard for 2020. Feels like that means I did most of the work because nothing really happened in the middle, eh? So. <laughs> um, and what I spoke on at the beginning of the year was um, essentially Ecclesiastes and, you know, whether there was any meaning to life and life is meaningless, but I will get on with it kind of thing, Um, which was a great way to start the year, you know, Um, and then, um, but now reflecting on as I I was preparing for this, um, there's so much meaning to be found in the birth of Christ, and so it's an an easy thing, you know, because this is sort of the the pinnacle of um, of really for, for humankind or for humanity, but especially for Christians is that, you know, we know the significance of of Jesus coming in the flesh. Um, and so this morning, Tim did a 10-minute message. Man, that is good. I won't beat that, but I'll try, or I'll get close enough to it. Um, but speaking of the angels, who um, essentially are messengers for God, from God, um, and who came and spoke, and he, he opened with Luke 2, which is the story that we all know, um, where the angels came to the shepherds. So tonight, I'm going to... Um, to speak through the shepherds' voices and how they responded to that message. So we're starting in Luke 2, which is pretty much the only um, gospel that has the the nice story that we get all the pictures and everything from. And I'll just make sure this is going. Um, But not that yet. Um, so, so I don't want to read through the whole, you know, Mary, but Mary and Joseph and the donkey and all that kind of thing. But essentially, Mary gave birth to the Son of God, right? So that's that in a in a quick sentence. And then we get to this uh, eight. This is where we're picking up from. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. One verse, and there's so much in that. Um, but, so a few interesting words in there, they're highlighted there. They were in the fields nearby, and they were keeping watch at night. So they were doing the night shift for shepherds. Um, yeah. So contrary to popular images and traditions of snow and everything, it means that this was likely to be in spring or summer because they were outside. So in the rainy or colder seasons, well, this is a theory anyway, but I'm going with it. Um, in the colder seasons, they would be in their pens and not out at night and moving about. But so it indicates that this was spring or summer. So in New Zealand, I think we have the feel of Christmas or of the time that Jesus was born a little bit better than our Northern Hemisphere friends. So keep that in mind when you're celebrating that it's not totally off um, from the, the reality of the context of that time. Um, Shepherds were, were, it was an occupation, if you will, um, that was often passed down to the youngest child. So that's why you hear that, you know, the story when they were finding David for the king and they said, where's your, where's your youngest? And he was off looking after the sheep. So it was sort of the, you know, where, where you started 
um, as a kid, and then as you got more responsibility, you, you grew up into to sort of more important jobs. But so it was kind of seen as the sort of, I guess, low-skilled um, job of the time, and they were often young. So more like that. Excuse the power lines, because there wouldn't have been any back then. Um, but, you know, picturing that, so we're sort of thinking shepherds with the beards, right, and that kind of picture, but they were likely to be quite young. Um, and so just, you know, that might change the context for you a little bit when you're thinking of the story of the shepherds. Um, but they, do, they have had a, a, bad, a bad rap, I think, even last year, Vic was talking about, you know, so they're sort of more viewed of as sort of the, the bottom of the, the rung, uh, dirty scoundrel type, type people. Um, I'm, not, I'm not entirely sure um, that that's, that's fair, but that said, you know, they, they weren't that highly ranked in terms of their occupation, um, a little bit like maybe a council worker or something. You're not laughing, because that's me. I am one of those. I'm just making a joke at myself. <laughs> I hope none of you are. <laughs> Gabrielle, you probably come closest to it. Um, but, you know, so, so that's, you know, they're not, they weren't regarded that well or just, just by nature of them being young. You know, they were sort of more marginal on the outsides. There is a theory out there as well, which I found interesting, so I'll just share it with you, um, is that because they were nearby, um, they, they may have been the temple shepherds, so they may have been the ones who... Um, raised the sheep to go off to be sacrificed. And I like that theory. I'm not saying it's, you know, it's an entirely accurate or not, but it's a good one to go with because um, Jesus ends up being the sacrifice, right? Um, and so we no longer need the temple sacrifices. And so it kind of goes nicely in there. There's a nice quote, um, quote from Barclay. It is a lovely thought that the shepherds who looked after the temple lambs were the first to see the lamb of the God who takes away the sin of the world. So it's, it's a nice thought. I'll let you think about that one. So at best, they were maybe the temple shepherds. At worst, they were dirty scoundrels. I tend to think they're somewhere in between. But um, nevertheless, they were on the fringes and they were sort of considered outsiders. And maybe even I was thinking about this, um, if they were the youngest children. I don't know how many of you are youngest in this room. There's a couple. Our pastors are youngest children. I consider myself a little bit of a youngest child because I'm third out of four, so I'm you know, at the bottom of the pecking order. And even though... The youngest um, can often be, we often are quite intelligent or, you know, have good insights and stuff. It's typically the oldest that get their opinions out there first, you know, or seem to be more driven. And sorry if you are an oldest, my husband is, so, you know, but, but they sort of are the ones who sort of seem to be, um, you know, getting the opportunities and getting the first word in and that kind of thing. So there's, there's something to be said about, you know, that idea that the shepherds are perhaps, again, those ones who are sort of forgotten a little bit. Anyhow, so the shepherds are there, and they are minding their own business. Like, they're literally minding their own business. Um, and they're not doing anything particularly holy. You know, I doubt they were studying or, you know, praying, or possibly they didn't even know, um, you know, about the Messiah coming and that kind of thing. They may, it may have, because it's their culture, they may have known about this coming Messiah. But they're not sort of uh, you know, they're not the Pharisees of the time. Um, and so they weren't particularly looking for this message to come to them. Um, but they weren't the last in any way, were they? In fact, they were about to be the first to hear the most significant news for humanity. Um, so I just think that speaks to us is that we don't necessarily need to be in a holy calling. Tim spoke 
today about, you know, just the, the every day is really important. Um, we don't need to have been in a prayer meeting or, um, you know, be doing multiple Bible studies or something for God to be able to speak. Um, he can meet us in unexpected and insightful ways just where we're, where we're at. All right, so then we get to the angels, and I'm not going to go over that either, but verse 9 says, An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. So I looked that up, as any good biblical scholar would, what that word terrified means, um, and it means terrified. <laughs> so literally what that says. Um, and, you know, wouldn't you be? I mean, this, whatever it was, the scenario, it was enough to make them terrified. Um, Michael was also terrified uh, when he heard about the birth of or the birth of our children or during the birth of our children. So terrified can be like a, a scared and yet wonderful thing, right? So while the event was frightening, the news was not. The angel made sure that they knew. And when you read through that scripture, it says, we bring you great news and oh, good news and what is it? Great joy for all people. So there were really good things in that message. Um, and as Tim said this morning, the, the key that, that the angel started with was don't be afraid. So it's not a message to be afraid of. It's a, it's a really good message. A saviour's been born to you. He's the Messiah. And you'll find him wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. So this is what they were told. So like I was saying before, the shepherds weren't necessarily looking for the news. Um, and they may not even understood the context that well um, or the significance of what they've been told. And I do think that speaks to the character of God. He met them where they were at. He went to them first. And it reminds me of, of what we say quite often around here is that you have to, we don't have to, but you belong before you believe. So it's not about a set of rules or the right knowledge, the right kind of theology. It's simply knowing that God loves you. Um, I had my oldest son say to me recently, a couple of weeks ago, in the car. I probably didn't tell you this. Um, <laughs> he said, um, he said, oh, Mum, I don't think I want to be a Christian. And I was like, cool. That's um, something you want to hear when your child's 11. <laughs> you know, I was expecting that a little bit later. And I was like, mm, okay, tell me about that. Um, and he's like, well, it's just, it's just all the stuff you have to do. And I was like, well, what stuff do you, you mean like going to church and, you know, that kind of thing? And he's like, no, like, well, that study you and Dad did. So like Mike and I did a um, post-grad theology thing, and he must have, you know, noticed that we were working hard on that or whatever. And in his mind, he's thinking, he's got to go through that, you know, when he gets older. And so I just said to him, you know, Justin, you, it's not about what you do. And, and I hope you guys will know that it's not about, you know, the, the sets of things that we do to become a Christian. I said, it's just, I hope you accept that Jesus loves you. And it's really about whether you're going to choose to love him back. And um, that's as simple as, you know, being a Christian is. The rest follows, right? Anyhow, to make the news even more significant, I think I've got a nice picture there. Um, not only was there the one, but then there was the whole host of angels um, that came and delivered the message. And, and maybe the first angel had kind of prepped them for the for this big announcement. Um, but again, they go and proclaim that something really significant has happened, um, which is fitting. Um, you guys will all have a story or your parents will have a story of when you were born 
And, you know, I hope they've shared that with you, whatever. But at the time you were born, it was significant for them, right? And they would have maybe made a phone call or something. Um, when, I had, when I had my kids, I think the best was a phone call and then probably a, a picture on Facebook. So I found them. Not that you guys really care, but it's an opportunity to show the babies on screen. So um, is that them? Right, so those are my announcements of all the four kids. So that maybe went to the <clears throat> 50 or so friends I had at the time on Facebook. Um, but not a huge announcement, right? Because only a few people care about the birth of my kids. Um, but for Jesus, the whole world needed to know. So this was a big, fitting announcement. Are you all still, like, adoring my babies there? <laughs> all right. So big events, they deserve a big entrance. I don't know if you guys would consider this a big event, but this was um, this week they opened the America's Cup um, downtown at the Viaduct. Quite fitting because I feel like that's our version of the Choir of Angels there. Um, so that was a to there at the beginning of that ceremony, welcoming the teams in. Go America, right? <laughs> or I did this one especially for you, Vic. Uh, if you're opening the World Cup, you know, there's a bit of a, a ceremony about that. Is that the World Cup one? I felt like I found... Anyway, we'll just... <laughs> so it's unlikely that we'll get another an announcement like that um, because this was announcing the birth of Christ. It was big, um, rightly so. And it came to the shepherds. We don't really need it, right, because um, we've already believed without even seeing it. In fact, John twenty twenty nine says, he's Jesus talking to his disciples, you believe because you've seen me, but blessed are those, that's us, who believe without even seeing me. But regardless of whether God gives us that big announcement or not, Jesus coming is a big deal for you and I. And I think it's worth thinking at some point, what does the news mean to you? What does the message of Jesus coming mean to you? And I don't think you, you nail it in life. I think that answer changes as you go through. Sometimes I'm questioning even, you know, you look through some of the context in the study I've done about the shepherds and I'm sort of going, oh, I don't, I don't know what to believe, what not to believe. And, you know, but you've got to land at some point on why is this meaningful to me? You know, for me at the moment, what I, I, what I love about believing in Jesus is that, you know, he came to restore, restore humanity, restore creation. And so there's a hope, there's a sense of hope for me that we're working towards something better. So that's what I've landed on. But you'll have, you'll have other reasons for why it's meaningful to you that Christ came. Okay, and, and we're finally getting to the, uh, the shepherd's response, the shepherd's voice. So what did the shepherds do with this message? In verse 15, it says, When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. So when we think about the shepherds' voices, this is really what I want you to hear and see, and I have highlighted it there. Let's hear them say, Let's go. That's how they responded. They, again, might not have understood the context that well. Maybe they did. I don't know. But whatever they were feeling, they talked amongst themselves, and then their first recorded words that they said is, let's go. They had little doubt, and they just together immediately responded. 
And I think that was part of knowing that God had come to them first, right? God came first to them, and now they were going to him. The candle we lit this evening, or it's lit now, is love. And we love because he first loved us, right? So don't get that backwards. It's important. The shepherds didn't know that much, but God came to them, met them where they were at, and then they responded. So he loves us first, and then we love. We respond with our love to him. So there's probably some messages that you have in your heart that God has been speaking to you. Maybe it's loudly, maybe it's quietly. What's he, what does he put on your heart this year? What do you feel like God is pushing you towards? You know, it could, it, maybe he's moving you on from your job. Maybe, you know, he's asked you to volunteer at church. Maybe. <laughs> Um, you know, maybe you need to you start a new business or start up a Bible study or whatever, whatever, you know, there's something. I'm sure God is speaking to all of us. And I would hope that we would leave with a sense of, well, let's go. Let's go, you know. So just get up and go and, and respond to what, that message that God is speaking to you. And then finally... They also, not only was it a personal let's go to this Jesus, uh, but it was also a sharing of their news. So uh, in verse 17, when they'd seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. The shepherds returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. So... I feel like it's a little bit easier to talk about your personal response to when God gives you a message or your personal response to what the meaning of God coming to earth is for you. Um, a little bit harder to talk about our shared one, you know, without me going into to suggesting that we go start, you know, somehow sharing the gospel and evangelizing as important and awesome as that is. It's a hard one to figure out how exactly to do that. But here's the thing. If the shepherds didn't share their story we wouldn't know about that story. You know, and we sing this beautiful song, O Night Divine, and we've got this picture because there was a story that was told. There was a story that was shared. And we all have that story. And it's a story that needs to be shared. Your story is important. And it's a story worth sharing. So as we wrap up the series and think about all the voices that have been represented through the series, think of who you might identify with. Maybe you do identify with the shepherds. Maybe you feel like you're sort of on the margins that you don't quite understand the context. You know, maybe you feel like that youngest child. Maybe you feel more like a Mary who pondered these things probably don't feel like an angel who was the messenger, but maybe you do. <laughs> and what is, what is the message? What does this news of Jesus mean to you, and how will you respond? If you're terrified, listen again to what the angels said. Don't be afraid. This is peace on earth that's coming. That has come. If you're doubting or wondering, go find him like the shepherds did. Figure out where he is and go quickly and find him. You know, if you're, if you're overwhelmed, 
the shepherds had a bit of a conversation with each other, you know, talk with people. If you're excited, if there's something brewing within you, like get up and go, let's go. And if you've been amazed by, you know, any, any of the story, any of the meaning that you find in the story of Christ coming, share it, share your story. So I just want to, um, before we actually literally let's get up and go, <laughs> um, I just want us to stand. And we're going to read this together as a way of sort of finishing it off. 6.02. Two minutes. Nobody gave me a little bell to say we're almost done. So we're just going to read this together as a thing that um, just really sends us on our way. Um, so I want you to read it with me as we go. Not that, it's a scripture. Here we go. All right. Let us go from this place, proclaiming that we have seen the glory of God, believing that there is a light that shines in the darkness, which the darkness shall not overcome. And may the love, you don't have that. And may the love of the Creator, the joy of the Spirit, and the peace of the Christ child be with us this Christmas and evermore. Amen. Amen. Don't forget to come back for our Christmas service. It is literally the best one of the year. So bring someone with you. Christmas Eve, sorry. 5 and 7 p.m. All right. See you there. All right. Merry Christmas, everyone. Hey, once again, thanks for listening. And if you're in the Forest Hill or the Bays area of Auckland's North Shore, we would so love to have you at our next service this Sunday. You can get details on service times and more info on our kids and student environments by visiting svc.org.nz. That's svc.org.nz. Hope you have a great day and we'll see you next time here on the podcast.